Thanks for listening to the Dr. Drew Podcast on Podcast One. Of course, I get a lot of questions about CBD products, and thanks to the claims being made, it's hard to tell what's out there because science has not caught up with the, of course, we've all heard the anecdotes, but the science has not caught up with it yet. Uh, But I have connected with an Oregon-based company that's about high-quality ingredients and manufacturing standards. They were previously called Select CBD, and now they've relaunched their brand as Social CBD. Social CBD focuses on broad-spectrum oil, something else you might have heard about but might be confusing. So hemp has over 60 non-psychoactive cannabinoids, and CBD is just one of them. Broad-spectrum oil goes beyond CBD isolates and contains additional active compounds that work together to create what's known as the entourage effect. This can more effectively deliver some of the calming effects that people are looking for. Social CBD's broad-spectrum oils contain zero THC, so none of those risks and none of the high you might associate with hemp or cannabis. They're available as great-tasting tinctures and flavors like vanilla, mint, pomegranate tea, and Meyer lemon. Simply drop it under your tongue for effect. Social CBD products are available in a range of formulations, each of which clearly describes so you can make an informed decision without all the promises that sound and probably are too good to be true. To learn more, go to drdrew.com slash socialcbd. That's my website, drdrew.com slash socialcbd. And for a limited time, you can save 20% at checkout with the code drdrew, D-R-D-R-E-W. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dr. Drew Podcast. Uh, as always, remember to keep the winds in the sail, the coral of a pirate ship. And uh, I want to remind you also, we do a daily dose now. It's a streaming show. We're trying to figure out what exact time to do it. Sometimes it's 9 o'clock, sometimes it's noon, sometimes it's 5 p.m. Pacific time, all Pacific times. And uh, we go out on all the streaming sites on Facebook and Twitter and Periscope and Mixer and wherever else you happen to be, YouTube. And uh, I watch the restream of your comments and I take your questions there. Also on Sunday, we're doing a live streaming show at 3 o'clock Pacific time. With guests, and that's a call-in show, so I can take live calls for you much like here, but they're live, live, live. And again, it's streamed live as well, so check that out. And don't forget, after dark, there's a new uh, documentary coming out with Robert Paul Champagne. Apparently, he didn't like the interview, but there's a tour coming out of his house, which was extraordinary. And uh, look for that, and uh, thank you for being a part of all this. Speaking of thank you, I want to give a thanks to Dr. Brady Smith. Brady Smith is a... Am I getting the name correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nailed As a it. dentist, uh, it. he has a website drilled with Dr. Brady Smith. Dr. Brady, excuse me, drilled with Dr. Brady. dot com. He is. Are you Canadian? Uh, no. What would make Vancouver, you? Washington. Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, I okay. saw Vancouver. Oh, that, on you your saw the thing. Vancouver. Yes, and uh, good. Okay, good. We can we can keep you here. I thought Throw I had one. an accent for a second that that no, might have been the case. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, and also, his podcast is drilled with Dr. Brady. Available on Apple Podcasts. Anywhere else you get podcasts, uh, and. I like your story, but let's let's back before we actually get to the meat of this. Uh, the reason we're here is your buddy Steve-O. You did some work for him, and he said, please, 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 my friend's so cool. Please get him on the podcast. I said, fine. And so what, did you, do? Kind. what did you do for Steve? That's very kind. Recently, uh, Steve-O and I collaborated together to give – a uh, full mouth makeover to one of his fans. Oh, wow. And it was a gentleman, uh, kind of a series of the stars aligning to bring every part together. Mm. Uh, but what it resulted in was taking a, a gentleman with debilitating dental disease and completely, which was beginning to transform his life very negatively. Was he an older person? Uh, I would say mid 30s. Did he have a substance problem that triggered all this? Uh, no, no, I don't believe that that's the case. Uh, well, that's always the question. That's always the go-to. Right? right. But but there's another thing, too, I've noticed, which is when people lose control of their life, it's reflected in their teeth. Like if you go out on the street and see Definitely. have people smile that are homeless, absent the math, which is part of the thing out there now. Right. But even absent the math, you see dental disease. Yeah. A, is that just a function of poor attention? Oh, you know, it's a chicken or the egg situation, right? It's like, what was it the was it the poverty that causes the dental disease, or is it the dental disease that causes the poverty? The thing is, is that I think dental disease affects teeth. Yeah, you know, dental disease is no different; doesn't differentiate who you are. Right. So, um, I think it's just a, a matter of education, um, being able to value. But your, but when you teeth. can't even find a place to live, or and you're you know doing meth out on the streets, whatever, or you're so psychotic that you can't organize your day and mm-hmm. feed yourself, teeth brushing and flossing is not going to be high on the list. So exactly right. So if you're abusing substances, yeah. 
the last thing you're doing is remembering to brush your teeth at mm-hmm. night. That is not, you're exactly right. Yeah. You're, that is not what you are likely prioritizing, let alone the damage that the drugs themselves can do on their own. Right. Then you- And we com- still don't fully know what that is. Yeah. Then you compile. There's, there's a lot of studies that are coming out about like pH balance and acidity. how that, yeah, acidity is just, uh, just wreaks havoc mm. on, on, on dental disease. People who are bulimic or have eating disorders or uh, GERD. Those types of reflux disorders. Mm, yeah, I, as a clinician, I don't think about reflux being a dental yeah. problem. Think Stomach about acid. A, think about it as a vocal problem, but not, mm-hmm. a, not a tooth problem. Big dental problem. So absolutely, and then and those are manifest in the teeth, and it just it just erodes enamel away, and then your teeth have no protection, and mm. and that changes your life. Mm. And so that changed the life of a gentleman named Stevie, who is uh, that was so it's Stevo and Stevie. Very confusing. Got to keep those straight. But Stevie was the gentleman from Wisconsin who we helped out. Great guy. Very, it, it's so rewarding to be involved in these, uh, the stories of these people. And I think Steve-O must have felt the same way because he decided to fly out to our location in Camas, Washington and, and be involved. And we kind of surprised. Stevie is kind of a super fan of Steve-O. Mm-hmm. And so he did not know Steve-O was going to physically be there. And, mm-hmm. And there's some revealing of that that you can see on our YouTube page, Drilled Podcast YouTube page. Drilled Podcast YouTube? Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly Not Drilled right. with Dr. Brady, but Drilled Podcast. Drilled Podcast is the YouTube page. Okay. Exactly right. We want to make it as Steve confusing as we can. is <laughs> a, a, an example of what I call real, f- complete recovery. And when okay. people are fully recovered the way he is, being of service is part of how they keep sober. And how they make meaning, yeah. which is how we should all make meaning. And I understand that's part of your story, too, and I want to get into that. Sure. Uh, but, but Steve, I, I, I'm sure it's effortless for him at this stage of his recovery. It's funny. he Very few people go from as bad as he was to full recovery as right. a straight line. That's almost unheard of. Like what percent? Like if you could put a percentage on it, I'd be curious to well, know. Like, he, is um, it like 5% or it, less? The, the, most, the, the average is five treatments in four years. To get one okay. year of sobriety. That's the sort of average wow. with alcoholism. Either. Wow. Five treatments, four, I think, it, or maybe four treatments in five years. One of the, it's a long time and it's yeah. multiple treatments. That's average. Yeah. Right? So there's better and worse than that, than average. Steve will obviously better. I've almost never seen the straight line to success. Now, he had a lot of bumps along the way, but he didn't, he didn't get off the process ever. He okay. stayed with it, which is interesting when he was really using – if you remember – Gary, do you remember the Adam Carolla show on Comedy Central when Steve – Oh, yeah. And, too late. And broke – Adam Carolla. Yeah, and he broke the uh, table and tipped Adam over and stuff. Well, I was there that night. Oh. And we were backstage and I'm like, hey, man, come on. You're going to have to do something. Come on. And he goes, uh, he goes look, man. You know, he was the way he was back then. Hey, man, look, man. <laughs> hey, what, dude. Hey, dude. When I do this, when I do this, I'm going to go all the way. So yeah. trust me, if I go, I go all the way. And I went, all right, fair mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. And he was as good as his word. Well, he almost died, of course. But <laughs> but when he went, he went to the mat uh, in one time at the plate. Right. Unheard of. My Not favorite, unheard of, but rare. My favorite Steve-O story is before that glorious day where he went all the way <laughs> when he was on Loveline, I believe, and forgot an ounce of weed at the studio and made you drive him back to get it. <laughs> I didn't know that's what I was doing, though. No, no, sorry. <laughs> but, I did not mean to frame it the but, wrong way. But, but, yes. but yes, that's what he made me do with, with a guy named, oh, what was the guy? He had a guy in the back seat with neck tattoos sure. with us in yeah. the back seat. Good times. Uh, you know, oh, he had a great name, too, like, you know... <laughs> Some some nickname that was like oh, bulldozer. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so uh, what's interesting about Steve-O, since he's chronicled his entire life, is that I mean, definitely determination is his that's strong his thing. suit. Yeah, that's his. I deal. mean, the guy was determined to uh, from the the clown college days until yeah, later. Not, not letting go consistency. Exactly he right. He was going to be the up. best, and he was if he was going to do something, he was definitely an all in type of guy. And I suppose that I Even suppose that translates to recovery yep. and sobriety and yeah, and, and it's an unusual and it's an unusual trait to be that complete in your commitment, yeah, not just to recovery but to anything else. And most people, their brain gets the better of them, and they kind of have to try things their own way, and they slip out, and sure. they, it's hard. It's hard work, definitely, and, and that's normal in terms of that's why it takes four treatments in five years, right? People kind of in and out, and not prioritizing and stuff. He just he he lived in a sober living for two years. Yeah, that's unheard of too. A lot of people are surprised that he's so philanthropic too. I, I, see, to me, it's it's just consistent with his. Rec- I, I bet he's right. effortless, effortless, effortless. Yeah, it's just part of his recovery. and and he was so willing to come be a part and and 
you know, we when we had been initially discussing like what kind of role he wanted to play, it was his decision to like, hey, I want to be there. I want to I want to meet this guy. I no want to be part of it. No surprise. And I was like, absolutely. So he's got a new Gary thing going, uh, a webcast that I was, I think, his first guest on. So let's make sure we promote that. Let's see if it's up yet. It's, it's kind of a YouTube thing. Gary, uh, that's Steve-O does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm looking up right now. Okay, thank you. So your story. Uh, when you got into dentistry, how did, why did you become a dentist? Uh, uh, I, the first thing that flashes through my eyes is dollar signs. Path of least uh, resistance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just something to do. <laughs> uh, always good at math and science. Right. So, d- directionless. No yeah. one in my family was in healthcare in any capacity, but good at math and science. That came very easy for me. There was a ton of people in medical school like that who just like, well, what do you do next? I guess I'll go to medical school. Right, right. But dentistry, I did have a mentor. I was a, a member of the Boy Scouts of America. And, and through that uh, tenure as a, as, a, as a Boy Scout, mm. I had a, a troop leader who was a dentist who was seemingly always available. And cool. And cool. And I just felt like that seems like a good fit for me. I could do that. Good. And so I pursued it, and then and here I am. And when you got there, my understanding is it wasn't so happy. Didn't make you so happy. It was actually after it was about five years into being a dentist. Right after they got my three hundred thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars, and I and I'm paying on that. So mm-hmm. after I go into tremendous amount of debt, mm-hmm. uh, five years into it, and it wasn't a money thing. I was making good money, but I just felt really unfulfilled, and I felt like my job was hard, and I I felt like it did you was, have dread? Dreaded it. Dreaded it. Yeah. So I. Because I, I went into medicine with both feet and, and was working from 5 in the morning to 10 at night. Jeez. And the hours and the intensity and the responsibilities yeah. and the liabilities and the negativity that's all coming at you, eventually, mm-hmm. I about, about six to eight years in, I started having dread too. Yeah. yeah. Well, in dental school, listen, in dental school, right when I get there, and I went to a very good dental school, <clears throat> University of Pacific in San Francisco. They, they call you doctor on day one. Very not. I mean, they're very... Uh, Formal. Uh, yes, exactly right. They're very and they're very. Uh, they build you up, but they always were like, you know, you're helping people. You're this pillar of society. People are going to invite you to their uh, daughter's weddings. Jesus, we never got. And I'm like, I medicine. We got. Hey, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> you're a slave to these. You're, you're here for their good. Nobody else's. They don't yeah. care about you, and nor should they. Exactly right. But in in, in my education, I was built up that this was going to be some amazing thing, and everyone was going to respect me, and mm-hmm. and. I just didn't. Oh, good. We didn't get. Just that. didn't feel like that yeah. when I got out. I felt like no, I'm trying to help people, and they think I'm the cause of their problems, mm-hmm. even though I'm the one trying to fix it. Right. And they messed it up, and I'm trying to fix it, and right. I'm now I'm the bad guy. Right. So I felt like that, and it became overwhelming. Yeah, and, and just and like I, you said, generally in healthcare, how dare you charge them for your services? Right. How dare you? Sure. That's sure. the general note. <laughs> exactly <laughs> so, right. So. Exactly right. So I started feeling a lot of resentment and dread is the perfect word because yeah. I would see certain people on my schedule days in advance. And for days, it was just like, I just don't want Thursday to come. Yeah. Thursday is going to suck. But I started bringing it up to my wife, which caused uh, an issue when uh, uh, I was like, I don't know that this is what I want. Mm. So what that led me to do is Did to you really. Kids at that point? Uh, yeah. Oh. I, at that point, she I had two. I have four now. Perfect. So all I all I want to do is create more mouths to feed. That's that's the that, that. <laughs> teeth to fix. That's right. That's right. No, great great wife, great family. Everything's great there, and um, you know she was supportive in me. So I thought, well, maybe I can change some things about really kind of do a personal inventory of why do I feel this way, and I identified three things. The last one really changed my life, but the the, the the quickly the first two things was I hated dentures. Hmm. Specifically, that was one that was very difficult. I probably wasn't very good at doing them, mm-hmm. and it was very difficult to just nail it so patients are happy. Those are procedures that end up with patients coming back weekly mm-hmm. for adjustments, mm-hmm. just taking up time and time, and you really don't charge money. For it. So it's just it's a time suck. They're unhappy, too. and they're they're uh, perpetually unhappy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. And then I realized also um, I was working with people I didn't want to work with, but I was the boss. You mean, so, you mean he had other dentists in there? No, or? no, like hygienists or dental assistants. Uh, interesting. How'd you end up with people? Just you just were filling up your. We had partners, yeah. and, and then other people. Would, so collectively, as like two or three partners of dentists, we had like 
so people would hire and Got fire it. and like if i if i fired someone i had to hire someone and, mm. and that responsibility was kind of just kind of delegated to whoever was there mm. so people could get hired without me knowing about it right. and also i could hire people myself and not really know how well they are their job and how well we're going to mesh personal personality wise so it just became this thing where i was like no that's also part of it i don't want to I don't want to be around her. I don't mm-hmm. like the way she treats me. I feel disrespected. I feel whatever my feelings were is that I can either train this person to be different or I can make a change. Mm. And I was very um, hesitant to make a change. Mm. But then I made a change. And the third thing uh, that really helped me out was, and this kind of changed my trajectory uh, incredibly, was uh, charitable service. Okay, I, so I want everyone to – this is why we're uh, – oh, wait. You can go to stevo.com or follow – at Stevo on Twitter for the updates on his web series. Perfect. Stevo.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's why, really why I'm interested in you telling the story because there's, there's yeah. a ton to be learned from that. A ton. I think so. Oh, my God. I think so. I mean, just first of all, just a, a fearless inventory, right? You included in that inventory things you didn't want to acknowledge. Like, oh, I don't want to fire right. this person. I want to get rid of this person. And then you did it. Correct. Let's just talk about that change. How did you find the fortitude for that? Um, yeah, I mean, I I feel like I'm a pretty decent, like I sit down, I'm, I'm a thinker. I like to think things through. I think I'm a problem solver naturally. Like my inclination is to solve problems. And I have the, the math. In a, in a marriage, like this is like the problem in our marriage. The biggest problem is that my wife tells me a problem that she has and I just. You want to fix she, it. She says she needs to hear that sucks. I'm so sorry. She just wants you to listen. I get right. it. There's all men. Just so you know. Exactly. You're not alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want you to solve it. I don't she gets pissed you when you try. But I've learned that my job is to listen. But my inclination is to, well, we got to do this. Of course. Well, we got to solve it this way. And I got to call this person. I got to do this. And I'm going to do this. And when you're, you're, we're, we got you covered. I'm going to solve your problem. So that's what I am by nature. So I, so I turned that on myself and I figured out these three things. And slowly over, this wasn't like overnight. I would say this happened over a four month period of time that I slowly realized, well, I changed that and I like that. And I changed this and I like that. The denture thing I changed because I talked to a colleague of mine who's like, just drop it, man. Just stop doing them. And I said, well, it's part, I did some calculations. Was this X X amount of my income and this is how much I do? I wonder if you had a feeling that I would have had at that point in my career, which would have been, God, I'm here to to help these people, whatever their needs are, Mm -hmm. and that's a big part of it. And how do I call myself a good dentist if I'm not? Did you have all that conversation with yourself? Well, you know, part of the podcast that I do um, is is very patient facing. And one thing that patients need to understand about dentists is that dentists all day long pick and choose the procedures that they want to do and that they don't that they don't want to do and there's specialists and other individuals that you can farm that out to so i wasn't really leaving them high and dry because i wasn't doing dentures i was giving that to someone else but i know that feeling of wanting to be the great generalist that can do everything right jack of all trades yeah that's what i wanted to be me too and so so as i dropped things out it was really hard exactly right it was it was like like my identity was being affected by it yeah and that's one thing i've i mean i have I've respected you and your work for so long because you ride the line of entertainment and still keeping it super professional and, and, and super above board medically speaking. And that's just super impressive to me. It's very, I think that's very difficult to do. But with changing everything, the fortitude to change, the fortitude to actually act. Yeah. Uh, Did you have support like was, or somebody else? I mean, my wife is super supportive. Yeah. My wife is super supportive and – um, family, great. Do you fam- make? Do you can you make or have you in other times in your life made sweeping change? Not really. Okay, so this is a, this no. is a new experience. No, not like this. And 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 dentistry is not a career that you one eighty very easily. Right, right. It, no, nor is it sort of known for that. <laughs> no, dentists are dentists for life. Right, and right. and doing a career change as a dentist just is super uncommon. Yeah. Uh, and so the idea, like, do I know anyone who's done it? No. Do I do I have anyone to talk to about? Hey, how'd that go? No, I would be. That is a dark path with with no light and help and is guidance. There any, anything else in your life that helped you with that? Do you have a spiritual stuff? Do you have a? I, you know, I think the the saying is that necessity is the mother of you just, invention. You just problem solving. I just had yeah. to I had to solve a yeah, problem because right. I was going crazy. Yeah, and I couldn't. And you're honest with yourself about it, which is the other thing. Yeah, yeah. So I made those changes, and just in general, dentists don't get trained to run a business, mm. and so there is minimal minimal education in running a business mm. though most dentists will eventually run a business sure. or uh, they should know the business end of things but there's zero education mm-hmm. in those four years Same and three hundred thousand dollars of debt mm-hmm. that teaches you about that 
So you get out and you're like, well, I don't know a whole lot about payroll and hiring and firing. And I never had a class about how to go to someone and say, I don't like, this is what I don't like. Here's how I want it to change. We got to do this or we got to make a change and we got to get, we got to let you go. So just having those hard, awkward conversations, individual face to face with someone that I work with every day to say, I'm going to, I'm going to terminate your employment is a very difficult Mm. thing to say. But uh, ultimately, it had to be done, and it was done. So that helped out a lot. And then that brought me to charitable service. Yeah, which is another major source of happiness for all humans. Uh, what Just to define for us what that means for you now. Oh, so charitable service is just trying to make the most meaningful impact that I can wherever I can using my skills and talents. That but I, I understand you do, you do specific things on your podcast. I do. What I do. do. At first, it, re, it, it started with me before I ever did a podcast. I started doing like, you know, someone came to me and I can't afford this crown. I can't afford this root canal. I'm in pain. I would say uh, start with small things and just be like, you know what? I got this one. Pay me for the next one. I got you this time. And then I would do bigger and bigger things. And this was just individually. And then I wanted uh, to create an organization or a a vehicle where I could do this on a larger scale. And podcasting is awesome because there's no gatekeepers. I can get my message to a lot of people um, quickly. And uh, ultimately now what we do, every, every episode of my podcast, we do a $500 giveaway. So I and, and how do you and they have to come to Vancouver to get the yeah I mean you got to come to me yeah that's the, <laughs> right so we started off with a lot of lo- I mean, and we're still at a very a lot of local listeners um, and we do have a a way to solve that problem for other people who aren't in our local area but we give away five hundred dollars of free dental work every single week there's a, a secret word. In our uh, every week, we'd have a secret word, right? Like, so, like yeah. Pee Wee Herman, exactly right. It's, that could be a secret word, right? It's just a word that people have to like then email us, and the first person emails that, so they have to listen to the episode. Got it, got it. So, uh, then every six months now, we roll out a full top to bottom makeover on uh, dental makeover, and we are looking for people who are. Um, whose lives have been negatively impacted because of their dental condition. And our only rule every six months is that you cannot nominate yourself. And and how much would that have those generally cost if you were to pay for it? They start at around $30,000. So these $30,000 cases and, and it can be as much as seventy to eighty thousand dollars cases. And you're doing implants and the whole thing. Everything. Everything. So yeah, so me be wanting to be a jack of all trades, I I've I've uh, trained myself in in most uh, dental disciplines. What implant technique do you use? Uh, Aren't you, there different ones? How do you mean? Aren't there different sort of techniques for it? There's different brands. Uh, uh, there's different uh, techniques. Is uh, it, no, it's drilling a hole. Uh, you, you're drilling. It's like carpentry. It's yeah. essentially that's a, a very crude way of. No, of, I, I I know that's what I, people don't understand. That when I first got into orthopedics, I was noticing. Oh my god, this is just carpentry. <laughs> people think it's some sort of micro. No, no, no. no. It's, a, it's a hammer and a chisel. It's and, a screw. Yeah. I mean, all you're doing is. And Im- implants are just uh, you're d- drilling holes and then putting screws in holes, yeah. and you're putting them in very strategic locations for whatever application you want to make of that. Um, so, yeah, so very expensive dental work. We have a lot of people helping us out. Uh, we have implant companies. The one that we use is called Implant Direct, and they help us out by giving us free supplies. We have local labs that help us out and do lab work for free for us. Nice. And the, the beautiful thing about this and what we've kind of begun to create is that we've just gotten very little, uh, very little roadblocks. When I call up a, a company, a lab, and say, "Hey, this is what I'm doing. Can you help us out?" Absolutely, hundred percent. Very few people. No, I don't want to. Can't no, do it. Yeah, I can't think people do it. want to be a part of the solution. And that's it. People yeah. want to. People yeah. want to do it. And I believe dentists want to do it. Yeah, everybody does. And, and I believe that. So, so what we've done here every six months. It's not just me. The first people I recruited. Uh, were my dental partner. So I got two people right in the Vancouver, Washington area, two other people besides myself. So that enabled us to choose three people every six months. And then the last one we just rolled out, we got a dentist in Baltimore, Maryland. We got a, a dentist in Monterey, California. We got one in Seattle, Washington. Where should people, if you dentists are listening to this and want to be a part of your network, where do you want us to go? Uh, email me, drilled, drilledpodcast at gmail.com. Drilledpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, lost my train of thought. I had a great question. 
aging brain gone <laughs> completely well, gone. We were Wait talk- till that happens to you. You know, we were talking about the uh, we were talking about the the implants and things. The implants and how yeah. much money that 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 comes up. Oh, to, I know. That's to be. Up, I know. I was going to say. Which Go ahead. Is, I've been involved with uh, doing a lot of daytime television stuff over the years. Uh, we would occasionally do these mouth rebuilds as you know, sort of a story that they would, that the TV would then mm-hmm. cover or how and how they did it, but they did it. A lot of these people had more problems when they when we came back around a year later. They might, uh, and so how do we how do we make sure they take care of what anyone uh, is of my, being done? It's a great question. Yeah, because they, they've obviously gotten there for a reason. There's right. there there that that can't be ignored. That right. something's got them to. There's a lot of counseling that I do as a dentist too. Not like therapy or anything yeah. like like that but just a hey here's what here's what causes this here's what you need to avoid here's the lifestyle changes you might need to make to make sure things are good and then anyone who wins these wins these uh these rollouts these these makeovers they get free cleanings and checkups forever oh i'll never charge well, them that's, again. so that's pro- hopefully they so show they, up so so yeah we try to remove <laughs> all barriers specifically to solve that problem right. whereas i i never want them to not come in because they don't have 60 bucks or right. 80 bucks for a cleaning or something like that no, we try to get and, them to and come if in. If we were to point at the thing that was the most, um, if you can, most, I don't want to say challenging, but most threatening to their mouth, is it not coming in for cleanings? Is it not doing flossing? Is it not brushing? Is it all the above? How, how, does, how do you yeah. – um, and if somebody's going to do one of these things, which one should they do? Yeah, the core, the core of that question is going to be neglect. Neglect, I think, is the number – I mean it all boils down to something happened first. You didn't get six teeth that fell out all at once. One fell out first. Mm-hmm. There's and a domino. And you ignored it. And you ignored it. And you didn't do anything. You thought it's one tooth. Who cares? Maybe you had a bad experience with a dentist. Maybe some dentist rubbed you the wrong way. That happens a lot. Uh, maybe you're scared. A lot of fear. Yeah. Maybe you're very apprehensive. You have a real anxiety and, and you're phobic mm-hmm. of dental experiences. And so that keeps you away. And if it doesn't hurt then we don't go in. So that's a matter of educating and just trying your best. And den- the dental profession has been failing at that since its inception, right? We, don't, we, we do not. There is a huge, and this is one of the issues I have with dentistry profession where it's going, is that it's, it's a huge problem that this portion of the population is becoming more and more neglected, not more and more taken care of. And how do we characterize this portion? A lower socioeconomic demographics. Got it. And Adam always quips that dentistry hasn't had any major technological advances in the last many, many years. He, he, he jokes about it all the time. But yeah. <laughs> he looks at it's still a drill and it's still a drill in a hole. And it's, sure. And it, how come you can't make more advances? You know, maybe fair. Adam hasn't they, been to the dentist in a long time. No, he went. He needed a lot of work. <laughs> okay. Speaking of neglect. He goes quite a bit. I think now he does because all... it's all he's catching up for 20 years of neglect. <laughs> I think we'd all hear a lot less out of Adam if his dentist would just install the inline water heater on the water gun so it's not ice cold. Oh, he hates the cold water. He hates the cold water. And totally. then when he points out that there's a thing that, you know, that he, that he hates it, the, the dentist inevitably goes, well, there's a thing I could get. I, I just don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he always is affirmative that there's something there, but sorry, not me. There, I think there's, I mean, the last 10 years in, in technological breakthroughs in the dental industry, if we really want to bore your audience, we can talk more yeah. about this, but, but it, it has made huge strides. There's tons of gadgets. Look at this. Oh, These check things that are out. amazing. Yeah, yeah. You got, so, so I. Yeah. Yeah. Got your clear liners. Yeah. So cool. I, I, you know, have had braces twice in my life. And the reason I got into it as an adult is I had some broken teeth up okay. front, and lo and behold, now I'm getting veneers, and somebody says, you got to straighten it, blah, 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 so I'm into this thing. And, uh, but I couldn't wear braces. I just I was on television, but I just couldn't do it. I and, think you could pull it off. Well, but back then, all they had was <laughs> – I needed a lot of space up top, sure, too. Sure, sure. And the only thing they had was blur uh, retainers, so okay. pushing it forward from behind. Yeah. Back then. That was like 15 years ago or something. Sure. And I dutifully wore retainers ever since, you know, and it was yeah. ad- adequate. I don't care, you know, whatever. And then I broke my retainer. And so I went mm-hmm. back to the guy that did the work, and he's like, you know, there's a lot more to be done. Back then you say you wouldn't wear braces. You ought to try this. Yeah. These, and it's been a crazy effective. I mean, that's crazy. a great example of, of technological breakthrough. Yeah. Clear, clear aligners are one of only two procedures in dentistry that, that have seen double-digit growth in the United well, States. They they. Put a computer over your mouth. Mm-hmm. They tell you, you know, they figure out where they want to go, and they go. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And these and these things are you don't feel a damn thing. No, They're a little tight maybe at first, but after a day or two, you nothing. It, it's a yeah, nothing. It's nothing. It's a, right. It's a zero. No, and so it allows it allows a lot more people to get into into orthodontic treatment. 
little tiny things you wanted to fix that you didn't, you know, people who didn't want to wear braces previously now don't have to. Are there things you can't do with these? Yes, there are limitations to clear liners. And we're talking about like Invisalign, things like that. Invisalign, exactly right. Um, And then the real controversial issue right now in the dental community is the Smile Direct Club, the 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 do it yourself. Yeah, uh, they send them to your house now without the without the dentist observation or or the computer setup. Yeah, it's different. They just do pictures. They send you molds and you Ah. take your own impressions and Uh, you send it back to them and then they take they do scan it once they get it back to their facility. Yeah, and so that has dentists. Real upset because their their IPO just went just came out and then their stock kind of tanked and there's these huge class action lawsuits against the company. Why? Why? Uh, just simply because it's it's dentistry. Their claim is that it's not dentistry. It's, they're not performing dentistry. Ah. So therefore, they don't have to have a licensed individual. Oh. They don't. They aren't required to. Mm. And then the dental community in general is saying that's dentistry. Mm. You're moving teeth, which actually usually requires the supervision of an orthodontist who goes to school for two years beyond right. dental school. Your enzymes are, of course, these are chemicals that uh, improve digestion or allow for digestion. Let's put it that way. Rand research shows that by the time someone hits 65, their saliva and pancreatic secretions, both of which are involved in enzymatic activity, have declined by as much as 50%. This can create issues with digestion, uh, and you might consider enzyme supplementation and the best enzyme i have found comes from by optimizers called massozymes massozyme is the most complete most potent digestive enzyme with over 102 percent more protease than the nearest competitor and 300 to 500 percent more per serving than the most popular brands Crucial because protein is one of the most complex macronutrients. It has to be broken down to be digested. Massozyme not only contains more protease, it contains 13 additional enzymes, including lipase for fat digestion, and it works at every pH level from 2 to 12, in other words, at every stage of digestion. All this makes massozymes an ideal complement to any health and meal plan. You can watch Massozymes dissolve raw state. Go to massozymes.com slash Drew. That is just like it sounds. M-A-S-S-Z-Y-M-E-S dot com slash D-R-E-W. And try it today risk-free. Their 365-day full money-back guarantee is the gold standard. If you don't feel how Massozymes help you upgrade your digestion and power through your food, their support team will give you a no-questions-asked refund. Finally, when you go to massazymes.com slash Drew, be sure to enter the coupon code DrDrew10 to get a 10% discount off your order. It's a deal that is a limited time only while quantities last. If you like my show, you're going to like Showmance with Kevin McHale and Jenna Ushkowitz on Podcast One. Join the former Glee star and best friends as they interview other dynamic duos about the wild ups and downs of balancing a relationship on set. Download new episodes of Showmance with Kevin McHale and Jenna Ushkowitz every week on Podcast One. So now, as a, as a patient, and I, I just I try to be a dutiful patient. I don't ask questions, you know, yeah. beyond the routine. But it always it, it kind of occurred to me. It's like, well, why do we need? That's pretty simple. Why do the orthodontists have to check me every four weeks? Right? What's going to go wrong? Yeah, you know, I don't want to get a lot of hate mail from dentists, but I. And by am, the way, he's not charging me every time. It's sort no, of wasting his time. No, exactly right. I think it's best to be supervised by a dentist or an orthodontist if you're going through any kind of clear aligner system, but. The truth is, Smile Direct Club does billions of dollars of business. They've had hundreds of thousands, if not millions of customers. That are happy. Exactly. Yeah, and and to get at that lower socioeconomic group, Mm -hmm. this is a way to do it. Yeah, so they come in just to give you some price examples. They might charge you $1,800. Go to an orthodontist at Mm $6,000. Our... Our society is not going to accept $6,000 when $2,000 is on the table right. for the same thing. For, for even something close, they will, yeah. they, they will take that price differential. Exactly right. And all I got to do is not see the dentist. Well, I don't want to see the dentist anyways. Right. Imagine you're Adam. I mean, Adam doesn't want to see the dentist anyway. So but I'm imagining that. if you're – again, we're going for the lowest socioeconomic brackets. Mm-hmm. They may have other chronic dental issues that if you're now straightening the teeth, can't you really screw things up? Yeah. So that was the problem they got, they got in trouble for. They make you sign. If you're the patient, you have to sign something that says, I have seen a dentist <coughs> and have been cleared of all oh. periodontal pathology oh. and problems. But, the, but a dentist doesn't right. need to sign that. The patient just needs to say, I saw someone. No, I, but so to be fair, lie to, about to, that. But to be fair, that's on the patient then. That, that's just on the patient. Exactly and, right. And but then the question that's then – makes a market a market. The right? question in the courts is going to be – uh, is the patient fully capable of making that yeah. informed these decision? Days, these days, it goes on the side of the patient. 
Yeah. Well, you might yeah. be right. Yeah. I don't know. I I like to just get my popcorn and watch this from the sidelines. So, <laughs> well, and I and I like being a good patient. So I just do what I'm told. Yeah. You know? And and I and I and I know the difference. You know, one of the things that people miss about any kind of healthcare is judgment and supervision. Those are two things that they don't factor into their Google searches. Right. You know what I mean? That you have thousands of hours of judgment that helps you look at things mm-hmm. above and beyond just the facts of the case. Like, sure. how does it feel right to me or the context of this, something's bothering me? Mm-hmm. Th- those sorts of experiences are extremely important in, in clinical care. Right. Uh, and you only really encounter those sorts of feelings if you're on top of your patients. Yeah. When you, you see them regularly, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and whatever the regular is is sort of a, that that certainly can be you know we can discuss that, but yeah. it's it's at least being diligent. Uh, and diligence is not into in anybody's healthcare models. <laughs> no, you're absolutely you're yeah. absolutely, so absolutely the, the right. The relationship, the judgment, and the diligence, the only things that really make healthcare healthcare. No, yeah. can't deal with that. No well, factor. And, and you know, part of this whole thing is that, you know, uh, I don't know if have you ever heard how many ER, what percentage of emergency rooms in the United States are dental related? How many, what percentage of emergency room visits are dental related? And it's anywhere on the low end I've heard 5%. On the high end, I've heard 25%. And I talk to colleagues of mine who are ER docs. I'm sure you have colleagues who are ER docs. It's always interesting to speak to them about how much dental is mucking up the system because an ER doc, literally, they can't pull your tooth. They, right. they, they can repair your gunshot wound right. or your stab wound, yeah. but they cannot pull the tooth right. out. That is beyond the scope and, of their practice. And, well, and infection and gum infection mm-hmm. implicated in heart disease, implicated Absolutely. in septic, exactly with right. people on immunosuppressive medicines, gum disease makes a much bigger impact Yeah, and you know, hard to tell what's going on even sometimes. But that's kind of an, some evidence of accessibility or the lack of accessibility, right? Because if you had – the question is always why aren't they calling a dentist? It must – to them, it must, not, it must not be accessible or they must perceive it to be inaccessible. And so they don't. I, I can tell you, having seen terrible jaw injuries and facial injuries and stuff like that, the dentist is like, one day we'll get them there. <laughs> Not now. I don't even know if there's a specific yeah. recommendation for what one day is. Uh, yeah. So, and by the way, sometimes they're calling maxillofacial guys that are dentists. To be fair, what are you saying? Wait, Ma- maxillofacial guys that are dentists. Th- most ERs have access to that. Most do, but most of these people don't need that. Most people just need a tooth pulled. That's right. Right? That's, right. They, just, they just need a tooth pulled and they're just yeah. crazy in pain and they're just going to where they – my body hurts and that's uh, – I'm going it. to the hospital. Got it, got it. But they, you know, they can go to an ER and they wait however long they have to wait in the waiting room. They to see be told it, nothing. This to be told yeah. nothing. They get maybe some amoxicillin, some mm-hmm. penicillin, or, right. and they get maybe some, some Percocet or some Vicodin. Uh, we're, we're good and, with that. And then they, uh, they get thrown out and they say, call a dentist. Did you get wrapped into the opiate thing where your peers were overprescribing? Oh, I think, we're on, I think dentists are on the front lines. I know that. I, I but th- did, you get, did you get wrapped into it? Because be, there was so much pressure to prescribe opiates that people were, good, well-meaning people were overprescribing. By the time that I got in there, uh, in the dentistry, mm. I mean, uh, it was just everyone I knew was like, "Oh, you just this is what you do." You I know pres- you prescribe I, this. I, I, and know. I was like, oh, "Okay, I prescribe this." Yeah. So even even in dental school, yeah, you pull a tooth, you prescribe Vicodin. Mm-hmm. So I that's what I learned, and so that's but, what but I did. You the sixty, thirty, ninety, ten. How many? What was your practice then? Yeah. Uh, so I usually give away. It's back it's then five milligrams hydrocodone. It's five three twenty fives. Five pad to five tablets. No, five milligram yeah, yeah, tablets, yeah. three twenty-five of acetaminophen, yeah. and I give them sixteen tablets. Okay, that's not bad. So I give them. It's, it's basically a four-day supply. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not bad. That, that's still very appropriate. No, we don't do these huge but, but pain I, but, management contracts of like two hundred. Well, not just pay, well, not just yeah. pay, I would see routinely thirty or sixty being yeah. by dentist and everybody else. I still, I do see that. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, yeah, what a mess. And when I would try to address it, uh, literally, I had sent one patient in that was an opiate addict, and. Uh, <laughs> And I said, you tell the dentist, you're an opiate dentist, you can't take an opiate. He said, the dentist said, thank you very much, appreciate it. You told me, here, take this, give him tall one, yeah. which is an opiate. And so people aren't even aware what opiates are. Yeah. But this is a problem. One of the problems that you see in like real day, every, everyday practice with a dentist is like, if I pull this person's tooth out and I don't give them Percocet because they want it. Oh, you'll be in trouble. Then, back, back then. Right, yeah. Back then, major trouble. I'll get a Google review. 
I'll upset them. They'll file a board complaint against me. Yep. They'll they'll tell all their friends not to come. And back then, you would have actually been in potentially criminally liable for. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, there were several cases. Are you serious? Criminal liability for for abuse. Uh, They put it. They got through. They they were able to successfully prosecute elder abuse. For in at, now that doesn't cover by your malpractice. That's a criminal and civil problem, not malpractice. So because lack of pain management essentially you is what abused your patient. Oh man, for not giving them thirty. No, I, so I've never ever had to deal with that. No, I know that that's now swung the other way where we can't get anybody anything. At least in California, it's hard to get anybody what they need. Yeah, which so now is very so no, difficult. No, my only concern was always my business will suffer. They, they won't refer patients. They won't refer their friends and family to me. Right. And you and, didn't want to be back. I, I can remember early, early on being just, I, I'm laughing because like, oh, no, I don't care. Really, really preoccupied with my reputation, mm-hmm. like as, as a professional. I, yeah. I, I wanted to be, you know, beyond reproach, just what, just on Johnny on the spot with the best possible all the time. Yeah. And anything short of that was, was shattering to me. It really was difficult yeah. early on. Yeah. And I, and, and now that I'm, uh, <laughs> So I'm 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 no Dr. Drew, but I am getting putting myself out there, and I'm realizing that I'm kind of in the infancy stages of like what it's like to put yourself out there. It, it, it'll <laughs> and get I'm, used to it. And I don't I don't <laughs> run a clinical podcast. It's not clinical. There's tons of dental podcasts. Yeah. That are uh, how to double your production and, yeah. and get a oh, hundred new patients <laughs> no, no, and, yeah, and no, follow no. these five you're, steps. You're a person. You're patient oriented. Yeah, and so I want to get patients good advice. I want to yeah. get patients, hey, here's how you arm yourself. If you're going to go to the dentist, here's some good ideas. Here's some things you should know. If a dentist is telling you this, is this real? Is this not real? What about your situation? Is that, you know, what can, how can I help patients understand and kind of demystify dentistry even a little bit? Dentistry itself is you might have four teeth in your mouth that have been root canaled, and you still have no idea what a root canal is. Mm. Uh, tons of people fall into that category if they just literally – are just I just do what I'm told. I had to open. I opened for two hours and I left and I got this bill. That's what they re, that's what they really remember is how much it cost them. Mm-hmm. And and so we're trying trying to kind of open. That's what we do with the podcast. In addition to having it be this vehicle to give away. These aren't conceptually difficult phenomena. No, the, the procedures. They're no, technically difficult, but not as a concept. Pretty easy people understand them. I think so. I mean, yeah. So, you know, like implants are digging a hole. Yeah. You're just digging a hole and throwing yeah. a screw in. I mean, so yeah. I like to explain things like that, try to be as transparent well, as possible. Why would you do an can. onlay versus an inlay? <laughs> it's great. Yeah. So then you get, is it, is it okay? Is it, is it best to conserve enamel or is it best to get something that covers more of the tooth? How do you decide? You're going to have different dentists that feel very differently. You have definitely dentists in two different schools of two different camps here of the, the enamel conservationists and those who just, I want something that's going to fully cover the tooth. I feel like as I've gotten older, they've been more into covering. Is that because I'm older or is that the way the field would, is going? I am more inclined towards that. Yeah. Um, is that because the porcelains are better and stuff? They're, they're te- the, technically, they're more durable? Yeah, and we use a ceramic. Was a really the ceramics, pop- I mean. The yeah, there's a really yeah. popular ceramic called zirconia, which yeah. is very commonly used. Very similar to porcelain as far as the way it looks, but it's just the, the, the sheer strength is way better. And so people use that on posterior teeth. So I have a mouthful of stuff. Look. Yeah. Uh, oh, check that out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of it goes so back to childhood. You got inlays and onlays. Yeah. And you got, got some gold uh, back there. Yeah. I got a I'm a huge fan of gold. Yeah. Gold is awesome. And, and so the dentist always said, do you want to put porcelain? I'm like, I don't care. It's what's going to last longer? Yeah. Because they sort of go towards gold. Yeah. And I had an instructor who in, in dental school who was a big Cincinnati Bengals fan. And he was a prosthodontist who, who made his own, did his own ceramic work. Cool. Coolest dude. Um, and, and he, uh, he he drew on the crown like 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 stained the crown black and orange black with orange stripes. Oh, that's funny! Just like the Cincinnati bank. So he had this big fat molar, and I was like, "Oh man, you could market that. That you could." <laughs> oh, these days are bad. Yeah, people get their favorite football team yeah. on their two on their two favorite color or favorite G there for Green Bay. Exactly <laughs> so, right. Exactly right. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, so let's fun. talk a little cosmetic dentistry for a second. Okay. Uh, I I'm always confused about what to do with whitening. Because okay. people are like crazy with that these days, right? Am I, am I right about that? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, and people's teeth are like generally whiter than they're supposed to be. They're Off not, the they're, charts. They're not the ivory color. They are this color that right. Adam Carolla's name is white. Into unnatural yeah. colors but of But that's white. becoming – people are getting used to seeing that. It's almost becoming normative sure. on TV and things, which I've noticed lately. It's gotten really weird. Yeah. Um, so A, is that 
okay. Yeah, B, are way. there dangerous ways to do that versus safe ways? Are there expensive versus inexpensive? Yeah, your body has natural defense mechanisms in, in place. So if you're, if you're whitening your teeth too much, your teeth are going to hurt you. Which right. is what, you know, they're going to become super sensitive. sensitive. Yeah. Whether but then you a, can put the sensodyne on there and it kind of goes away. Keep going. And keep right? going. Right. People do that. Yeah. And if you run but out that's of, with the hydrogen peroxide stuff, right? Exactly right. But what about there's these lasers and things? I don't know what even they are that people use to whiten, whitening machines. Okay. So there are a ton of gimmicks. Yeah. Because uh, of how marketable. Exactly what you're saying, how marketable tooth whitening is. Yeah. So you got every single uh, toothpaste company has their whitening right, toothpaste. That? Yeah. Uh, but, but these machines – because patients were asking me about machines. You know, when you go in there for $225, we will whiten your teeth like you've never seen before. Yeah. What is that? And does that last a week or does it last a month or is it – what is that? The only ingredient that I know, the only chemical or ingredient or gel-based – Peroxide. Is hydrogen peroxide. Yeah, right. That is the only thing – that we know, scientific, backed by scientific literature, that, that will whitens. whiten your teeth. Yeah. And only your original untouched enamel. If your teeth are covered with filling material or porcelain or ceramic of any kind, so so the, uh, they won't whiten. Yeah, they, meaning yeah. The, uh, anything, anything you put on your it teeth. It has to be yeah. your natural enamel. Right. And even then, not everybody's teeth are going to whiten. Oh, it's not something that – I think the last thing I heard or read was about – it's about 80% about 20% of people will – Never experience any kind of effect using whitening agents. Mm, that's interesting. So you have things like charcoal toothpaste. That's mm. a big one, right? So charcoal toothpaste is this black, dark black scrub, scrub abrasive. It's really getting my teeth white. See, yeah. look. Yeah. Now you might be scraping some stain or possibly even tooth structure off oh, your teeth. Jesus. And so you get the uh, perception. And then when you wipe the the black off, your teeth just look so white. So yeah, I think that's Compa- a trick compared to the block. Someone black. came up with a really good trick. All right. Good. And now I had patients who say, No, 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 no. It worked for me. Yeah. yeah. And I want to say, Okay. Uh, if you say, but so. you don't know of any risk with that. Uh, it, it's any abrasive. Any risk with peroxide? Uh, sensitivity. Just, that's it. That's it. So people can use it for years and years, no harmful effect. On your teeth. Yeah. Hydrogen peroxide can be can cause quite the nasty chemical burn mm-hmm. if it touches your gum tissue, mm-hmm. which is why usually if you go into like an in-house office, like a one-time bleaching thing, they put some kind of dam over your gum tissue to protect your gum tissue because of the high concentration of hydrogen peroxide. Are they using a lighter or laser or something to push the peroxide in? Or what? what is – it looks like they had a machine they put people in. Yeah, the lasers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the laser's a gimmick. I don't okay. think the laser does anything. Wow. I don't think uh, you're doing anything with lasers. That's not – they say the laser activates the gel. Mm. So you put this gel on the teeth, lasers activate it. Are they maybe just using a high concentration gel? Like they're a, definitely like a 28 percent or something. They're de- higher than that. Oh, it's like up to the 30. Uh, it's up in the mid 30s. Oh, I well, think. that will whiten your teeth in four hours, right? Yeah. With, a, with or without a light. Yeah. Uh, so I am. That's in, not commercially. Available? I am in the camp uh, because of the gum. It's dangerous. The gum stuff. So you can get Crest white strips over the counter. Yeah. And the and the difference is the reason why that doesn't burn your gums is because the concentration of the chemical is so, far far so, less. Mm-hmm. And the, I think the FDA probably controls what percentage they can use over the counter. If you're buying the stuff from Target or Walmart. Right, right, right. right? That is interesting. Yeah. See, I don't think anybody knows that. Everything you just described to me was, is, was a mystery. Yeah. Because well, there's so my, much marketing yes. and so much stuff and so much confusion out there. Yeah. This. And whitening toothpaste probably don't work either because the constant – listen, all they got to do is put a drop of hydrogen peroxide in the toothpaste. Now it's a whitening toothpaste. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is that have it, I have never met a single soul who has whitened their teeth with a toothpaste only. So, so I don't know anyone who's that, 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 that that's actually happened to. So if somebody's going to do this, they've got to essentially go get trays, mm-hmm. get the gel, yeah. put it on every so often, yeah. and that's that. And you can find – I mean, d- dentists are always giving away deals like free whitening with something or mm. buy one, get one free. Or we do – in my office, we do $99 uh, trays with whitening. It's $99 for life deal. It's mm. like you, you buy the trays from us and I'll just give you bleach whenever you want it. Oh, wow. So it's just like forever. You come in and I'll give you bleach. Crazy. So there's, it's, it's more like a – it's more like, you know – it's a way of getting you in. Yeah, it's just a way of getting you in. Exactly yeah. right. So. Yeah. Okay. You've said, as, as Stern would say, you've said it all. <laughs> you've said it all. Have we missed anything? Is there any other topics oh, you want to get into? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. You know, I just, uh, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to come in and, and uh, for you to let me uh, come on your podcast okay. and, and chat about this stuff. Uh, we really have some ambitious goals to create a network 
that will be the most impactful you know, I, charity that could ever possibly exist. I gave a lecture. Now, I can't remember the name of this organization. It was in San Francisco, and it was it was a cosmetic dentistry coalition mm-hmm. that sort of gave awards. It gave sort of medals of status to people, that, okay. like gold medal and whatever. Oh, dentists love to do that to each other. Okay. And, <laughs> and, and this group, yeah. you in order to get these – what would they call them? These uh, sort of – Status acknowledgements. Yeah, you'd have to do stuff for free for people, uh, and in whole oh. mouths and things. And that's how they would they would get their patients for free. To, and they they couldn't charge for the the work that got them to yeah. their to their their acknowledgements, whatever they were. It was usually you know one big case or something, mm-hmm. and they're judged on how good the case was and stuff. But you might look into that group because you know, they could be a good. You know, I wonder if they do that because. Um, you wouldn't want someone to not get those acknowledgments because their patients had a, a lack of access to financial the, means. That and the idea was also it's like you can charge for it after you get the award. You know what I mean? Then you have the status. Then you can charge, charge everyone yeah, you want. Right. Exactly right. I always hope that it's always done in in the true nature of charitable service. Which they, is they seem like it. They yeah. really did. Uh, and there's another thing, the lecture. This is another interesting topic for us. The lecture I was giving was on body dysmorphia, and what a lot of and what a lot of people don't know originally, body dysmorphia was a dysfunction of perception of the face. Okay, and teeth and mouth were a big part of the manifestations of body dysmorphia, mm-hmm. and so people can come in. I don't know if you experienced this. I'm getting into it because I have OCD with this these retainers. With the tiniest little the, – just the littlest adjustments will drive yeah. them crazy. Yeah. And you barely even see it. And you're like, OK, well, we can do it. But And and, yeah. and people with yeah. dysmorphia, apparently those temporal regions of the brain that fire off and make it difficult for people with this disorder to see the whole, they can only see the tiniest little you know, yeah. problems that they're looking at. And they focus on skin. They focus on teeth. They focus on you know hair. And yeah. uh, do you encounter much of that stuff? All the time. Yeah. Constantly. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's one of the reasons why, I mean, every single story that we tell of these people that we, the very first person that we gave a, a giveaway to, fantastic woman. Her name was Bobby. She was nominated by her daughter. She was on the verge of becoming a recluse. I people mean, people do that. They, they, they hold, they isolate because of their mouth. I do completely that. Yeah. isolate. Yeah. yeah. They're dropping shame. friends or dropping yep. off the planet. Yep. Yep. Family can't come over anymore. Yep borderline hoarding situations mm-hmm. and this changes when we change their yep. teeth yep i've seen that and and it it's it's the 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 whole reason why we do what we do is because when i first started doing this and i could do free dental work for someone even when it was costing me money i get the materials donated now but before i did not it still didn't move the needle for me mm. my income was pretty much the exact same whether i did a free big case or not but for the individual who is the recipient of that, it, it moves the needle oh, my God. in the most incredible way. Yeah. And so I feel like, wow, I have this skill and this talent, and and now right. I feel like to withhold that, it, I, it's almost a compulsion for I, me. To, I, I would say it's unusual to be for you to be as young as you are at this stage of your career to be have acknowledged this, to understood this. Okay, it's common for practitioners later to start to really get into this yeah. sort of feeling about things. So it's great that you're on it. Thank you. And Aristotle wrote about it. He he said that the meaning of life for humanity was something he called eudaimonia or eudaimonic happiness. And we got screwed up in this country defining what we mean by happiness. He he didn't mean euphoria. He didn't mean hedonic happiness. He meant well-being, nourished, purposeful, good life. That was eudaimonic happiness. And and so people are kind of getting that these days a little Mm -hmm. bit. But there's a piece they always leave out. And you mentioned it front and center which is that he always said – what Aristotle said was in order to really be of service meaningfully in a eudaimonic life, you have to have skill and wisdom. And people don't develop – they don't necessarily sure. have that. And they may have something they can give back, but you have to give back with some some really a skill that makes a difference right. and wisdom you know, about it and whatever. So skill and wisdom, uh, people go, no, no, I want to make a difference. I want to go – I want to give, give back. Well, what are you going to do? You can go right. you go to the soup kitchen. You can ladle soup. That, that's not really what we're talking about here. How about you go develop a skill that, that you can then go do service for people? Exactly right. And, 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 and people miss that piece. And I didn't know when I became a dentist that this skill was going to be such a life changer for yeah. individuals. And I don't think individuals who lose their teeth understand 
how the importance of that until it's gone mm. and and then it's gone and then they go to a, you know they go to a dentist and they're told $25,000 well you might as well say 25 million for a lot of these people because it's it's just never they don't make 25,000 in a year yeah not gonna and happen. it's just never going to happen and even denture and then you add anxiety on top of that oh when you 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 rebuilt Jessa Reed's mouth too uh, yeah we did some things well how did just, she find out about you that's a funny story so um the way that I got hooked up with Jessica, Jessa was she was on Bert Kreischer's podcast. Okay. Bertcast. Look, she's got the Mormon and the Meth Addict or something. That's Mormon a, and the Meth Head podcast. Yeah, yeah. And she has a podcast called Soberish as yes. well. I, and she was on After Dark. You can see it there, Gary. Yeah. And she's been on your program yeah. as well. Yeah. That's right. She's a trip. Episode 28 of After Dark. Thank you. Yeah. So Bert she Cast is a trip. 296. What's that? Bertcast 296. Mm-hmm. Oh, the one that he, you heard. Kreischer. Yeah, yeah. At the very top of his episode, which I watch on YouTube. Big fan of comedy. Big fan of Bert. I gotta get on his podcast. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and and so he, um, uh, they were starting off, and on film she turned around and put her teeth in Showed and like glued them in. Her glue wasn't that good. She's about oh, to have she, a, oh, a long, yeah, she's yeah. about to have a long conversation with Bert, and yeah. doesn't want her teeth to fall out. So she turns around, and Bert's just like, "What <laughs> the hell is going on?" <laughs> and I knew someone, so I do a lot of, uh, I do a lot of free work for stand up comics. Uh, like local stand-up comics in my area, and I knew a stand-up comic who knew Jessa. Hmm. And so I said, uh, hey, if she'll come on the podcast, tell her I'll do her implants for free. And she came on the podcast. That was that. And that was it. So we did four implants up top, four implants. And so she has this cool little mechanism that, that she had these dentures already, and then they snap right in. And uh, So now her teeth don't move and put beautiful – you can put porcelain teeth – into these yeah, you would pieces. never know that she was no, no, they look amazing, yeah. and and it was uh, it's always a journey. These types of cases, it's so because it's it's not overnight. These implants have to integrate into your bone, and that can take some time. Mm-hmm. And so you got to wait for it to happen, and then it can take three or four months, and then you start snapping things into place, and things work out. But she's yeah, she's been incredible, and so, and uh, that's how we that's how we kind of got. What I like about this podcast today is that I I hope I articulate this without diminishing what we've discussed, which is that this is not about dentistry, right? It is on the surface. It has that. It has that. It has that part. But it's about humans and service and about meaning. I love that. Right? Yeah. And I knew this was going to be about that. That's why. That's what I hope people take away from the conversation. And the uh, thank you because one of the one of the crucial messages. That I want to send to my colleagues, my dental colleagues, is the importance of charitable service. Because I think collectively as a profession, we do not do it enough, not in a, not in a meaningful way. Sometimes they'll have a day of free dentistry where you'll do a cleaning, a filling, maybe pull a tooth for someone, and that's it. But we're not really taking these people and impacting their lives. Right. That's very nice to do those types of free dental days. Um, but – it's not as impactful as we could be. Imagine if every single dentist in the United States did one, took one person under their wing, and that is ultimately what drives our ambition in this, pod, in, in, this podcast. And this, it, it, we are actually a nonprofit organization. We filed for a five hundred one c three, and and so that's that's happened, and we're super excited to try to build this to, into what I think it can truly become. And let me share with you uh, the, the from the medicine perspective, the, what we do is when we do these things, we also teach. Mm-hmm. So you could also turn them into teaching opportunities and things too. So you integrate the free service and the teaching. Yeah. So we yeah, and all dentists want to know about the clinical stuff, like hey, how'd you do that? What'd you do in this type of case? Yeah. How this patient present? What were yeah. the indications? And and what 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 do you end up doing? So they want to know the clinical stuff too. But what I want them to know is, listen, you can turn your life around. Yeah. You can enjoy your job. Oh yeah. You can look forward. You know, instead of in the top of the program here, I mentioned how I would dread for days these patients coming in. But when I had free patients coming in, when I had patients that I knew I was doing free work for, I would look forward to that for three days. Nice. I'd want them to come in as soon. I would. I would loved going to work when when they are going to be when when they are going to be there. So we want to build a podcast that gives people true value in in listening and participating. And that is drilled with Dr. Brady. The website mm-hmm. is drilledwithdrbrady.com, B R A D Y, and uh, YouTube.com slash drilled podcast. And uh, check it out, man. Good to see you, and thank you for coming. Thank, thank you, you so much. Appreciate this it. has been a pleasure. Good. See you next time. 
For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Dr. Drew Podcast. That's D-R-D-R-E-W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the swinging sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to drdrew.com. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew Podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com. Thank you.